Welcome to the dark forest. Jack and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome back to the dark forest. Uh, you know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com. There's a donation button. Some of you have used it. I like that about you. Some of you haven't. Well, save up and then use it. That'll be fun for, for me, mostly. Anyway, uh, and yourselves to support the event. We have the new Dork Forest t-shirts. You can go to JackieCation.com in the merch page. You can get the new shirts. You can get the Ranger shirts. And you can pre-order a hoodie. Uh, those are about to come in. Uh, well, by the time this airs, probably everyone who ordered one will have one. And that's good times. And so then you can order them again, and then when I need to order, you're pre-ordering hoodies is the point. Okay, now, uh, other than that, the credits. Patrick Brady will fix this audio. Thank God he's there. And Mike Rickberg just sang the song you heard. He'll sing again at the end. That's good times. And Vilmos fixes my website. He's a genius. You guys ought to uh, check out that link on the bottom because he does other ones. And he has his own podcast called Green Room Radio. Anyway, sitting across from me, a man who has been on the dork for us several times. And you were the only one who did that uh, that interstitial teaser thing Joe Wilson and I did. The, the Dork Expedition video, three minutes. Dylan Brody, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me on the program. I didn't know that you were actually broadcasting from a forest these days. This is lovely. Tweet. Tweet, tweet. Somebody wanted that uh, that old uh, tweet, 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 tweet that Mike Upchurch made for Joe and I back in the day. Um, uh, wait, at the risk of being a grammar dork. Blog dork. Blog dork. Made for Joe and me. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm in. I no, can't no, be, help it. Do it. I, do it, brother. I The, the grammarian Tourette's I have. Excellent. What I, is, why, why is it? What, are, what is the rule of Joe and me, Joe and I? Here's how you figure it out. Yeah. If you take... The other person out of it, would you say me or would you say I? He made that for I. You would never say that. Right. He made that for me. So it would be he made that for Joe and me. That is an excellent, fun, that's a great way to do it. it. That way you're figuring out without having to know what the object is as opposed to the subject of the sentence. Right. You're able to figure it out instantly by ear. I enjoy that. My my parents were both uh, English professors at one time or another in that'll my youth. That'll do it. That'll do and, it. And uh, grammarian Nazis. Sure. Which is unusual in a Jewish family. Right. It just it's a yet, sign that Nazis can happen anywhere. It's true. Uh, we were uh, we spent much time hiding in our attic and yet And yet if you used Did I, you find each other and when then you get met, yourselves out safely? If if you if you used I instead of me in a sentence you were put in a barbed wire yard for Ooh, very several nice. months <laughs> until strangers rescued you. Sure. And, and they were all wearing helmets and Captain America gear. It's, That's exactly right. You know, I like it that you and I both get all of our history from the same sources. I like it. I also get all of my news from stand-up comedy. What the heck? Uh, yeah. It's, uh, that, that's where people are talking about the cutting-edge stuff, you and, know? And it's where people are actually saying things as opposed to True. just uh, True. reciting bullet points that uh, were written for I just them. read a thing about Scott Walker. Fox News, I guess, said that uh, he Scott Walker's uh, recall vote was, was law. He, he won his... And, you know, he gets to finish his tour. Speaking of not knowing how to speak, allow me to Scott this. Walker was not recalled in there the Wisconsin go. election, which at the time of recording was just a day or two ago. Right. But at the time of airing will have been several weeks ago. Right. Go ahead. And, but the thing is, is... There's a thing. Yes, and it's Fox News said that he won by a wide margin, and he did not. No, he did not. No, it was pretty. It was about it was five. points. a very points. narrow, yeah, narrow margin. It was about margin. five points, which um, that's uh, not a lot out of a no, hundred. Barely outside the margin of error, really. True. And in fact, when it comes to not having recalled Scott Walker, mm-hmm. I believe it is by very definition a margin of error. There's trouble. There's trouble. My people, my Wisconsinites, we're the ones that stick to the ceiling, by the way. We don't stick it from the, the bottom of the cave. Wisconsinites, oh, those Wisconsinites are uh, uh, the ones that uh, hang from the ceiling. Wisconsinites come up from mm-hmm. the floor. Minnesotans come down from the ceiling. Right, the right, works. possibly. And uh, so, so far it's been word dorkdom. I like it. Let's tell people, though, uh, DylanBrody.com, and you've, we've done a lot of storytelling t- shows together. So, we have. And you have a Facebook page where people can really, I mean, DylanBrody.com has your calendar, but if Dil- 
Dylan want to Brody. contact you. You can contact me through DylanBrody.com. You can contact me through my like page, the Dylan Brody at The fan Facebook. page? The fan Which page. is Facebook.com slash the Dylan Brody? Yes. Okay. And then um, you are on Twitter at Dylan Brody. At Dylan Brody. And let me take a second to talk about my website. <laughs> we just had it. We just had the uh, DylanBrody.com updated. Right. By a wonderful company called Zeno International. With an X or a With Z. an X. With an X. All right. um, uh, I, have, I talk about xenophobia in my act a lot. Against? Uh, for? Uh, I, well, I just like to explain that it is not the fear of warrior princesses. Oh, there you go. Uh, Fair but, enough. Uh, Zeno International did my website, and it is gorgeous. And because it's gorgeous, and because I just read Jenny Lawson's new book. Which is called? Uh, which is called Let's Pretend This Never Happened. I am blogging, blogging, blogging. I don't know if this will still be going on several weeks from now when this airs, but I've been blogging every day or two, and I've written some really nice stuff, and it's it's cool to find there. Cool. And who is Jenny Lawson? What is, uh, let's pretend this never happened. What is Jenny that? Lawson is the bloggess. I believe she, at Twitter she is at the bloggess. And she's a woman, a friend of mine gave me her book. Okay. Teresa Powers, who designed my logo and my posters. Right. Gave me her book and said, I think you'll like this. And then I lay in bed giggling and keeping my wife awake for two nights in a row as I blazed through this book. Right. And so it's nonfiction? Um, it is nonfiction. Is it about blogging? Personal is it narrative. blogging? No, it is personal narrative. And she's very funny. Are they essays that she has written herself? And blogged? I believe so, or at least some of them are. Okay. Uh, some and then of it, she maybe, got a book deal. She got a book deal, and it's she's so funny. I, yeah, I, yeah. She's neurotic and younger than I am. Where does she live? So she frequently says that things are awesome. Okay. She says in the book where she lives, but I don't remember now. I want to say... Because people of your Texas age say somewhere. awesome uh, here in Los Angeles, so she might be of your age. No, I think she's younger than... I think she's about 10 years younger than I. I, I will say How for the record you? that I am 48. 48. Do so you think she's in her late 30s? I think that she's in her 30s. Okay. She might be more than 10 years it, younger It than might I. be... The word awesome is is unfortunate quite honestly it's been co-opted that i'm over awesome i'm over capris and i'm a little bit over um that's a white person's problem or a oh, first world yes. problem yes i'm i'm getting a little tired of that because even, i'm looking for a new catchphrase even as we continue to <laughs> say it we are becoming a third world nation it is true it is true for so for hard for the united states to stand up for itself oh can't feed yourself that is a first world problem no no it's really not it's <laughs> not a it's a third world problem but yeah i i want people uh if if someone would like to ruin a new phrase feel free to use we remember budapest differently oh which is a line from the Avengers. The Avengers, yes. yeah. Which I at, at, at this recording I've seen four times. Nicely done. Yeah, I need to. Uh, I need to own it. We remember Budapest differently was a wonderful moment in that film. Yes. Uh, and that film is filled with lovely moments like that. It's a good one, right? It is. It is my feeling that it is those lovely moments that make that a good movie. Yeah, most. Yeah, I would say so. And all, it's the the big action is great, and there's fun stuff there. Yeah, yeah. But frankly, I love that. Uh, it's but but that's little... in Transformers too, and that's probably in Battleship. Let me say this: I I, I have found out that Mark Marin, whose podcast I've also done, right? Apparently, he mentioned at some point on the air that he likes cookies or something, because he's constantly posting online that he goes places and works, and people give him cookies, right? My wife has mentioned that she teaches kindergarten. Okay. And she has mentioned that Adorable. for Halloween next year, mm -hmm. she wants to go as Iron Man. Okay. And one of her students, She would have to go as Pepper Potts' rescue. It's I true. tried she to could, explain that to her. She could go to the, as the it Iron Man. It meant nothing to her. Okay. One of her kindergartners had much the same reaction, although mm -hmm. what, mm -hmm. what he said was, no, you'd have Your to go as girl. Iron Man girl. Right. Which right. I like that all he had to do was stick girl on the end of Iron Man. And he's, right. It's and then it could be belittled but, and a fact. But <laughs> here's but here's where I was going with that. Yeah. The, there is this beautiful Iron Man costume that 
somebody offered to give me. Okay. It was like the top of the line with the plastic. An awesome costume. Yeah. But it only seems to come in extra large. And she is tiny. And she's tiny. Mm-hmm. So if anybody knows of a really good Iron Man costume. Is it Dylan at DylanBrody.com? Y- you can send me an email at Dylan at DylanBrody.com mm-hmm. uh, that would fit like a five foot two inch tall woman. You know, I asked um, a friend of Andy's is... Uh, uh, makes her own costumes and steampunk and so I mentioned that uh, that I would enjoy a costume and uh, r- people from the Dork Force rose to the occasion. There was there, I got a lot of emails about where I could get various different levels of it. Like there was a an eighteen hundred dollar version that I could get, right? And there was a fifty dollar version, and then there was a twelve dollar version. So it was so fitting. So I believe I went with, uh, hmm, I think I went with a thirty-five dollar. There was there was a lot of different choices. Yeah. I did not go with the eighteen hundred dollar Xena, the Warrior Princess. Speaking of Xena, I'm not that was the one. at all surprised. Well, because you can get the actual arm bracelets and the circlet yeah. and yeah, seem neat. But it uh, does seem hmm, neat, but really too 18, much. Eighteen hundred dollars to play dress up for even for me is a lot. A little bit outrageous. Fair yeah. enough. It's uh, so. Are you hoping, much like Mark Barron, that you will get uh, the good response? I'm hoping that somebody will just send yeah, me yeah. an email going, "Oh, I know someone who has that," or some way to fashion. Yeah, I, exactly. I also got a lot of information about how I could make a Xena the Warrior Princess. Love that. Yeah, but I am not crafty. Uh, yeah, me. I pretend to be crafty. Oh, do you? I well, I sometimes glue macaroni okay. to things, mostly <laughs> right. to my dog. I glue macaroni to my dog. And then what happens? Then uh, he needs a haircut. No, it just it's just fun to select. It's fun to watch him then eat it because it's. Yes. Is it edible glue? I'm making that up. Okay, I have you're never making... glued anything to my dog. There you I go. Love Disclaimer. My dog. You love your dog. I do not have a, a podcast. Okay. Uh, Frank Conniff. Uh, do you know Frank? Friend of the show? Friend of the show. Everybody you've mentioned so far has been on the dork force. Frank Conniff is a very funny human. Sure. Uh, I, I know nobody who has more Chester E. Arthur jokes than Frank Conniff. I believe he, that. He, he will just sort of dive into historical awareness of... The episode that he did was a, was a Hollywood historical episode with Ben Schwartz. Very nice. At, uh, it was a live one at Meltdown. Um. But he he says we're all just one or two unlucky breaks away from having our own podcast. Uh, yes, yes. And I, don't I have heard him do that. don't mean that to be insulting to you because you have a very successful and long-running podcast. Right, and I would do it anyway. I've been, I've been doing it for six years, and I was back when I um, was less successful. You were doing it when nobody had computers. Nobody, yeah, I would just say things, and then if people were around... Yeah. Uh, then they would just sort of pass it on. That's actually a cannibalization of Maria's joke about Twitter, that she doesn't have Twitter following. She just whispers uh, in life. It's, it, goes, it goes long. It she goes, is a very it, funny human, and better. I am constantly afraid that I have deeply offended her. Remind me to come back to what made me recently afraid that I was, had deeply offended Maria Bamford. I don't think you can deeply offend Maria Bamford. I may have. That said, I do not have a podcast. Right. Oh, okay. But there is a podcast that I have. What? I'll explain that. Oh, it's that guy. Dylan Brody's Neighbor's Couch. Right. Which you can find. It's a fan of yours who has one of your many albums or all of your many albums. He has all of my many albums. There you go. His name is Darren Staley. And if you go to DylanBrody'sNeighborsCouch.com. I will link it in the notes. With no apostrophes or anything in it. He... He's had a great lineup of guests. He continues to have a great lineup of guests. I believe you are a friend of the show. I, believe you I have are been on. on every podcast that you've mentioned. I, I will be on anybody's podcast. I have been on his podcast. It was in a snowstorm. I was in Wisconsin, and he called me. He gets better every time. And it's who who is he? I will he was just this a fan, you. right? This is, it's it's just fabulous. This guy, I love this man. And in fact, there's a blog post about him that you can find at DylanBrody.com. Very sweet man. On Twitter, when Twitter first started, I went a little bit nuts with the Twitter. And I was on there, you know, all day. You got to think of another one-liner. Honey, wake up. I just tweeted a funny thing. I would, you know, all that nonsense that people do when they first discover Twitter. And I got into a little top-that-line game with a bunch of my Twitter pals. Right. Which included some uh, notable wits and uh, famous people. Yeah, you know people. people. 
I you know, know people. people. This is my point is that I know people. <laughs> it was before I had alienated Gary Shandling, so he was playing with me. And uh, You're making friends right and left. Well, my, How could you alienate? My version of success seems to revolve around alienating people of ever-increasing influence in Hollywood. If one day, if one day you can get Arnold Schwarzenegger to punch you right in the face. Oh, man, that would be good. Mm -hmm. Then I would be a god. I actually feel that I won't be successful until Kevin Pollack develops an impression of me. But... Oh. That seems to be a low bar. Is that all right? It's fine. I don't know. I don't know him. Uh, Kevin Pollack, I'm sure you're perfect. Um, first of all, A, certain you're listening. And B, uh, <laughs> certain, uh, I don't know. I'm sure you don't care. Okay, go. Okay. Darren joined in in the, the Twitter revelry and the making of jokes. And he would write two or three jokes in a row that were really funny. And then he would go vulgar. Okay. And that's not all that uncommon. He works blue. Dude yeah. works. Is he a comic? Well, the, he sends me a private note that says, hey, am I doing okay? <laughs> okay. And I said, yeah. How am I doing? Yeah. How am I doing on Twitter? Yeah, fine. Uh, can I send you some material to read, he says to me. And I said, sure. So he sends me a page and a half of stand-up material that he's written. And it's intermittently funny. You are the nicest funny. man in the world. It's intermittently funny. And then... Outrageously vulgar. Okay. It's, you know, the aristocrats vulgar. Mm hmm And I get back but to funny him. vulgar? Some of it. Okay. Some of it, no. And I get back to him and I say, look, you're writing some funny stuff here. I think you would be wise to really hone your joke writing skills before you start leaning into shock value. Right. Because shock value can get you far, mm -hmm. but it can only get you so far, and you never learn to write jokes if that's all you're doing. Sure, sure, I've heard it. The next day, mm -hmm. he sends me another page and I have a material. Right. And it's clean. Mm -hmm. Now, already I'm impressed with the guy. Because most people, you give them a note, mm -hmm. they're like, oh, he doesn't get me. I hate him. And it's over. Mm -hmm. So I'm impressed. I've got a, a, a second page. And you're page very prolific. So I am. Yeah. I, I, I write frequently and I, I prefer long-winded I like copiously. I'll go with copiously. Right. I, I'm pleased that you say prolific because uh, uh, the last time we appeared on a podcast together, you were looking for the word prolific and you said verbose. And I held on to it <laughs> no, for an saying, hour and a half. I'm not saying you're not verbose. Don't hold on. I, Let okay. It go. All right. I, I accept that. We, I'm, you, I'm chatty. Are you kidding me? I, <laughs> I recognize a like mind. <laughs> I think we're in this together, my friend. And yet we've done a very good job of not cross-talking. During this oh, very nice, very nice. That's so, why I like face-to-face -face better than Skype or whatever. I understand. So he sent me the second page of, of material, and I read it, and I say, this is great. Well done. I would suggest you start getting out and working out on stage. He oh, lives right. Good in luck. North Do Carolina. Mm -hmm. And the next day he sends me another page of material. And I said, okay, I can't read a page of your material every day. No, no, because I, I have to write material. You need to, but you could, should start getting out and working and doing stand-up. Or, or something. Something. And then he sends me a long, lovely email. Please share this with Kelly Carlin and Paul Myers, two of the other people who are in the group that were twittering back and forth. Now, right. Kelly Carlin is George Carlin's daughter. Yes. Who's Paul Myers? Paul Myers is uh, a music writer. And um, and a funny man. You said it like I might know him. But if he's in music, there's no reason for me to he know him. He lives in Hi. San Francisco. People ask me what I'm listening to. It's whatever the neighbors are playing. Um, remind me later off, off air, and I'll tell you a little bit more about him. But he's a wonderful writer. He wrote Todd Rundgren's recent biography. He's He wrote Todd Rundgren's? Todd Rundgren with an Rundgren. R. Yeah. Who's Todd Rundgren? He's a, a big musician and music producer. He sounds, it sounds yeah, familiar. he's that guy. Okay. He's, he's the Paul Dooley of the music world. Excellent. That's not don't true. know who Paul Dooley is. Fantastic. You know what? This is a great episode of, why don't we mention famous people that Jackie don't know? Uh, Jackie uh, the, don't know? <laughs> my parents would now put you into a cage yard. Exactly. My, my stepmother, who's a hairdresser, who also was a bit of the grammar police, would also roll over in her not yet dug grave. Oh. So, there you go. Uh, my parents, may they rest in peace. As soon as possible. <laughs> Kathy Ladman. Yeah. Ooh, she's amazing. I love her. Oh, see, a famous person you know. Right. So, she's been on the show as well. She's lovely. Mm -hmm. So I say, I, he sends me this email that says, please share this with these other two people that I feel very close to through Twitter. 
I don't have their email addresses. I am an agoraphobic. I haven't left my house in 10 years. Ah. Uh, and it's so exciting that I get to hang out with you guys online. And thank you so much for your notes on my... And it was just this very sweet... Right, but I'm not going to be leaving my house at any time. I'm not. And, yeah, the, the subtext was I will not be going out and doing stand-up. Right. And I sent back a note saying I will certainly pass this on. Kelly herself was agoraphobic for a long time. So she and, – and she's a therapist. She was a trained therapist. So there was a, a connection to be made there. And I said, you know, maybe you should start blogging. So he did. Mm-hmm. And continued tweeting and continued getting better at joke writing. And at one point he tweeted – I'm going to Los Angeles. Dylan Brody has invited me to stay on his neighbor's couch. Okay. That seemed like a funny thing to me. It took me a moment to realize that I didn't have a stalker, mm -hmm. that he had just written a kind of a funny one-liner. Oh, okay. So I responded, if he didn't want me inviting people to stay on his couch, you shouldn't have put it so enticingly out on the curb. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Darren sent me a private message that said, I think there's a podcast in that. Well, there's a podcast in almost anything. And I said, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> and then he explained to me what a podcast is. And I said, okay, I'm not an idiot. I know what a podcast is. You can have one of those. They're not all for me. No, I'm just fiddling. Oh. Go ahead. Uh, I know what a podcast is. I don't know what you're thinking about when you say that. And he said, let me send you a proposal. And he sends me a page and a half long proposal. He loves that length. That's a good length it for is, him. It's a good length in general. Mm -hmm. You know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, why? Why did that come up? Well, I could send everything's a page, and I like it. It's a nice. Yeah, page no, I understand that. It's perfect. Yeah. He, and it says, you know, here's the premise. I can do these interviews by phone. I don't have to leave my home. But the premise is that I'm living on this couch outside your house because I came to L.A. thinking you were inviting me to stay on your neighbor's couch. But it turns out it's outdoors. Right. So I'm interviewing people who are coming to visit you. Okay. I get them to sit down on the couch with me and talk for a little while. Right. And everyone feels like you're doing me this big favor. I'm the only one who's noticed that I'm homeless. Ah, there you go. And I said, that's funny. What's yep. this going to cost me? Right. And he said, nothing, and I'll plug your CDs. Because it's a podcast. Yeah. And <laughs> he said, I'll plug your CDs every show. Right. And I said, okay. Yeah, if you want to do that, knock yourself out. That's neat. And would you be willing to come on the show, he says to me, at the end, you know, just to say, hey, you know, Darren, what's going on? And then we can just improvise a little bit of dialogue about, you know, I'm living on your couch, uh, on the couch outside. And so you do you do a segment at the end? I do a, just a little bit of dialogue. Generally, he just says, hey, so what do you got coming up? The, the conceit of the show has fallen apart because he never explains it to the people who are coming on the show. They're just calling in to do a podcast, and he welcomes them to the couch, and they say, thank you. And some of them say, it smells funny, and some of them say, thanks for having me, and don't know that that's anything other than a an expression in this context. And uh, he and I have this ongoing storyline. You know, I, I, he has to plug the CDs or I don't let him in to take a shower. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently he watches through the windows while my wife and I are watching television. Mm -hmm. He's gotten a remote control to the TV. He keeps changing it over to Fox News to make me crazy. Right. Uh, he occasionally borrows the dog to keep warm on chilly nights sure. and wears it around the neighborhood like a stole. He's got a whole imaginary life going on sure. on the couch outside my home. In the meantime, he's gone out. He started doing open mic nights. He went shopping. He got a driver's license. He's out of his house. He's out doing things. Okay. And he somehow attributes... That's real. Yes. The he, real thing is that this guy is now uh, experiencing life outside of his house. He and... That's amazing. A friend of his and his stepson drove 10 hours to see me perform in Indiana. Right. We hung out. We had drinks. He was yeah, out yeah. in the world. He's a very sweet man. Sure. And for no reason that I can fathom... He attributes his healing process to me and Kelly and Paul. <laughs> and, you know, all I did was say, 
this isn't going to cost me anything, right? That's right. all I did was make sure right. that there would be no expense for me. And just, right. oh, thank you, man. You've helped me so. No, I haven't helped you at all, dude. You've gotten healthy and you figured out how to find your way out of your damn living room. Right. And he's this incredibly sweet guy. So you should check out Dylan Brody's Neighbors Couch. He's had Paul Provenza on. He's had you on. Uh, I don't think he's had Kathy Ladman on. He's had uh, uh, just these wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, on the show. He did Joe Bodelai's last interview before he committed suicide. He's had Paul Myers on. He's had Kelly Carlin on. Uh, but Fred he, he does, and, and so there there's Skype calls. Is that what he does, phone or call. is it it's just, just a, a phone, phone call? call? He does that, it through Blog Talk Radio. Oh, he's got a Blog Talk. That, and that's the the first 213 episodes of the show. Blog I, Talk I, Radio. I remember it. And, and uh, uh, press one to be waiting the host queue. Mm-hmm. And uh, he. Uh, his uncle Mark, he was running it as a half hour show, but it kept going over. Mm-hmm. He has an uncle Mark who now spends the money to let him do an hour every week. Okay. Oh, um, right, right. Because it, it did, it, they started charging yeah. after a certain point. Okay. Because yeah. it used to be free and you could go up to three hours. Yeah. Now it's free up to half an hour. Oh, okay. And then you have to pay for it. And he's just, he's, he's wonderful. He, he killed me. He had Suzanne Huang on the show. Right. And. Joe she and I was, had her on the show in one of the first early seasons. It was the first one where either of us got mad at a guest. Oh, really? That yes. does not surprise me, and we should discuss that Why is later. That? What, what did, uh, how did he do with her? Um, he did with her very nicely. Mm-hmm. But at just the moment that it was needed, when she was sort of off balance and trying to figure out how this show works, and she's on the phone, but she's on a couch, and she doesn't know what's going on, he said, now let me say this to you, Suzanne. You are my second favorite Asian comedian mm-hmm. after George Takai. Mm-hmm. And it so caught her by surprise right. that it took a solid minute and a half before she was able to go on with the interview. Oh, she laughed for that long? Uh, it was laughing and then trying to get started again and then right. getting caught. And it was beautiful. And then it was a good interview from there. Oh, good. Uh, I uh, uh, There were two things you were going to remind me of. One was how I offended Gary Shandling and one was how I feel like, oh, right, okay. Gary Shandling has been a lovely man to me. Let mm-hmm. me say that publicly. He's, just, he's a sweet man. <laughs> right. But I am a dork. I am a, a, a comedy dork, among other things. And I get excited when I feel as though I am about to be hanging out with the big kids. There's always this feeling that I'm not yet at the big kids' table. Sure. And he and I, he, one night he sent me a note saying, you were on fire on Twitter tonight. And I was stunned that Gary Shandling was paying attention. Because you had never met him in real life? I had never met him in real life. Okay. Um, I had once said to Kelly Carlin, do you think you could get this CD to him? And she had said, I can try. Right. And once... I'm going to let you finish that, and I'm going to get a a cup of coffee. The story or the chocolate? The chocolate. Thank you. (laughs) Mmm, chocolate. You want more? Coffee? Yeah. Uh, not yet. Okay. But thank you for giving me Captain America. Sure. This is my new Elvis cup that I got in Graceland two days ago. How I, are you doing? I don't care about Elvis, but I love Captain America. All right. So. Oh, thank you for that pause. And put those closer to you and farther from me, because otherwise I'll just keep... Yeah, them. yeah. It's Not a, because I want them, but because there's a tactile thing about unwrapping them. Right, right. Okay, so so um, so Gary Shandling, he, he you liked, had never met. No, and, and then he, he just tweet. Did he privately? He direct yeah. messaged me. Right, and you, so he's had to start following you, or he had already been following you, he had or been something. Following yeah, me. and he direct messaged me to say I was on fire. I said, Gary Shandling just said I was on fire. Mm-hmm. And I said, thanks, man. That's, I, I'm not offended at all that you say this. And then I asked him if he'd like to get together for lunch okay. at some time. Did you say to him, I'm not offended? Yeah, he said... I don't mean to offend you, I don't but mean you're to on... offend you, but you're on fire. It was something like that. That's and weird like, that he would no, put it I'm like not... that. And you're like, why would I be offended? Okay, go. Yeah. Well, and then you asked him if he wanted to go to lunch. Because he's, he's, at that point, he's just being gracious. He's going, look, yeah. I don't mean to be the guy who's judging you. Oh. But you're on fire tonight. You know, okay. It was like, you know, it was yeah. sweet. And... Sounds I like said, he's would, got half a, half a book full, half a bag full of Aspergers, though. Because oh, he yes. could have just said, "Hey, you're you're hilarious. Nice yeah. work." Yeah, that would have been an awesome message to receive. Yes. Yeah. 
I said, do you want to go for lunch sometime? Do you want to, can we have lunch sometime? Mm-hmm. And he said, sure. Really? And I'm going, holy crap. Gary right. Shandling is saying, sure. This also, by the way, there's a blog post about it called Gary Shandling Peed on Me. Figuratively speaking, what kind of a blog do you think this is? Um, that is about Gary Shandling and some wolves that peed on me once. Um, so... Then it gets postponed, and he's going out of town, and then he's going to be back in town, and then we, we can do it next year, we can do it in September, and then it didn't happen in September, and then it was, you know, December, and it wasn't happening yet. And then finally, he said, oh, yeah, I keep forgetting, let's, also he had said he would, uh, it, it doesn't matter, the point is he kept getting postponed. Right. And... I suspect there was a little bit of guilt riding on him now because he had said yes. Because he had said yes, and then he was just like, I'm actually too busy, or yeah. I don't actually know you. Or exactly. All of that weird going happened. on. Yeah. Um, and I hired a, a, a social networking person who turned out to be a raging alcoholic. That only matters tangentially to the story, but it does matter. And then he finally we made a date to go for lunch. And on the morning of the date to go to lunch... I was gearing up to my first uh, new installment of Dylan Brody's Thinking Aloud at the Fake Gallery, which I'm doing again, by the way. I'd love to have you on the show at some point. Okay. Um, and uh, I sent out a tweet in the morning that said, me going to lunch with Gary Shandling. Doesn't suck to be me. Something mm -hmm. like that. Oh, right, right. It might have been uh, having breakfast with a friend and then lunch with Gary Shandling. Right, right. Just My life is good. Yeah. It was... It was very basic. Yeah, it was but excited. Yeah, me tweeting that I'm going to lunch with Gary Shandling. Yeah. Unbeknownst to me, mm -hmm. my alcoholic social media oh the guru the, yep uh, who has since been fired mm -hmm. posted, "Hey Gary, how about coming to the fake gallery for Dylan Brody's Thinking Aloud, or at least giving me a retweet." So, because that she figured that that was her job, but yeah, doesn't really okay. Yeah. So That's interesting. My phone beeps while I'm waiting for Gary Shandling because I'm early to get everywhere. Right. You're at the restaurant. I'm uh, yeah. I'm on my way to the restaurant. I okay. Think. And my phone beeps and I look at it and it's a direct message from Gary Shandling that says you got to get your shit together before I get there. Mm hmm. But you don't know that she's I don't asked know him that to come to a show. I don't and know that she's done this. And, okay. Uh, and I said back, oh, okay, don't know what we're discussing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he sends back, what's with all the tweeting? And I look, and I go, oh, sorry about that. He gets to the restaurant and does 15 minutes of laying into me. Mm -hmm. What, now i got to worry that we go out for lunch, you're going to be tweeting, oh, I'm going out for lunch with Gary Shandling? Mm -hmm. I don't need this girl who follows both of us from Australia saying, lunch with Gary Shandling, I'm so jealous. I don't need that. You don't know, you don't know what I've told people. You don't know if I've told people I'm sick, I can't go out. To, you don't know. Yeah. Don't don't broadcast my containment, Dylan. Mm -hmm. Containment. Yeah. So we're not going to be friends. You you know that now, right? That's mm -hmm. not. I, do I owe you something? Mm -hmm. And it's like that for 15 minutes, and I'm just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And finally, I said, "All right, before we go on with this lunch, let me say this: You're one of my comedy idols." Mm-hmm. And watching you work when I was starting out gave me permission to be authentically myself. So I'm sorry I stepped on toes. Mm -hmm. Part of that I'm not taking responsibility for because it was my social networking person. Mm -hmm. The other part I am taking responsibility for because I was excited that I was having lunch with you. Mm -hmm. I'm really sorry. Mm -hmm. Can we move on from there? And then he sat with me for like an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And talked business and gave me advice and talked about boxing and talked about how his process works. And it was absolutely lovely. Um, and I've seen him since. And uh, someone took a photo of me with him. And I sent him a, an email that said, hey, I'm try I want to be respectful of your containment issues. Uh, ordinarily, I post stuff like this at Facebook and Twitter. Mm -hmm. Do you mind if I do that? And he sent back a note immediately that said, oh, it's fine, but thank you for checking. Mm -hmm. So I think I managed to smooth it over. Mm -hmm. But I just I just felt like I was cutting my own throat. Uh, there was a door opened. I just slammed it shut. You know, Hi, Gary. Let me just mess with your head and make you feel like you're on display because right. I'm an ass. So that's my story of alienating Gary Shandling. Yeah. Very sweet man. He was mad about it. You said, I am sorry. He was, and then an hour and a half of the nice. I think you're 
Because I don't think you alienated him. I think he needed to vent. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, There's so much. Sometimes the attention is so dense that you end up overreacting to something, and you're like, I don't mean to be crazy. I don't, because we're, you know, the self-absorption in Los Angeles, almost complete. Yeah. It's almost seamless in my own case. And uh, so if I feel the pressure coming and there's no window, I will punch a hole through. My introduction to Lorraine Newman when she was on my show was all about that, actually. uh, When you introduced her. She was on. Because you do the show on the face. Thinking aloud. Storytelling is the thing I used to do. You did it at uh, the improv one. At the improv one time? Okay. I remember that. Okay. And Lorraine Newman did it. Lorraine Newman did it. And uh, I introduced her with a story about uh, an idiotic thing I had once said to her. Oh, and okay. now, you know, we're just because all... you were just like, how can I remind you of when I drop the ball socially? I, well, that's much of what my act is is all about me <laughs> dropping the ball socially. You're like, I don't know if you remember this, but I'm I, kind of awkward. I told it. I told the whole story, and afterwards, later on, we were talking. I can't believe you held on to that. You are such a chick. Yeah, <laughs> that's Love awesome. Um, who, who knew? I will also maybe I'll tell if 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 we have time, I'll tell you the story of uh, when I was 22 and I. Uh, uh, embarrassed myself in front of Lawrence Olivier's daughter. Yeah, okay. we haven't talked about swords. I'm sorry. We haven't talked about. Oh, that's fine. And so we haven't talked because the thing is, is your dorkdom is comedy. Your dorkdom it's comedy is and self-absorption and famous people and and a certain amount of Dylan Brody. Yes. You're like, what else is Dylan Brody doing? And what do you want to know about Dylan Brody? And I don't mind that. Okay. That's, that's the thing is, <laughs> is, what is a podcast? You should have a podcast because a podcast is, what do I think about myself? Anybody <laughs> give a damn? Hey, you out there listening? Turns out I have the same story. I got four stories. I'm sure I've told the same four stories in the last four episodes. And <laughs> I could pay somebody for uh, 55 minutes of me talking to them. Or I could talk to you people. Or I could talk to uh, the dozens of you who might give a damn, and uh, and they're very nice. And I would like to, I, I like the um, the idea the, of of Mar- Marin's podcast excites me with the with the, and it started a little bit. A couple of people brought me chicken, and uh, and I have to say, both of those people, you've done vital work. Uh, one was in Austin, Tech. Was it in Austin? I think it might have. Been. I don't remember. Was, no, you weren't there. Oh. And uh, so, but the. Uh, it's but there were two different cities where a nice lady brought me one and I think it was in Seattle and then a guy brought me with his daughter who uh had written a joke that he wanted me to hear. And I have a rule that I don't want to hear whatever joke uh you want to tell me. But if you are seven, I'm okay with it. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. Can you tell me what the seven year old's joke was? Nope. Okay. Yep, because I don't remember it. Okay. I remember she was a very nice kid and uh and I'm sure I was polite and she was very sweet. And and they were good looking they were I mean the whole family was very nice that he was coming with the kids from some sporting event to another sporting event. He's like, I've made you this chicken, and people are making me sides. You don't have to make me sides. Just chicken is fine. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be a biscuit. It doesn't have to be some sort of vegetable. Why don't you just put together a couple of thighs and prepare them in the, in the, in the, in the way that you enjoy them prepared, <laughs> your favorite way that you might think I might enjoy, and then uh, and we'll look into it. A- Andy really wants me to do a calendar of my chicken recipes. And uh, it would be all right. With photos of chicken that has been brought to you on the road. Ooh, it could be. There'd be a really nice one. It's, uh, I have, what I have is I, um, I have about six chicken recipes, though. That's the problem, because they're 12 months. You know what modern society does not have enough of? What? Photographs of what people just ate. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot of that (laughs) happening. And there's a lot of pictures of chicken out there. (laughs) If you want to. But here's the thing. You only have six chicken recipes. Right. But you have many, many fans who have True. chicken recipes. True. So you could do your six chicken recipes mm-hmm. and six from fans. You know, I used to have a chicken page on my website. I remember that. Yeah, and it was, I wanted a chicken recipe from each of my family members. And I got one from my sister, Darla, and I got one from my r- r- brother, Russell. And then I I got my brother, Scott, telling me that he enjoys Popeyes. And then, uh, <laughs> and then the other two, I got nothing. So, mm, fail. Chicken fail. Um, anyway, so a Jackie Cation, bit of a chicken dork. I've derailed our conversation to chicken okay. talk. That's okay. I, I am uh, intrigued by your chicken dorkdom. Sure. Who doesn't love a little chicken talk in the middle of some podcasting? Uh, so, Maria Bamford, I understand. I love Maria Bamford. Maria Bamford is the most self-revelatory adorable human on stage I have ever seen. The thing about your fandom 
Dylan Brody, yes. is that you are you're like the most intense fan of the people that you are fans of. It's not just that you like Gary Shandling or that you like George Carlin or that you like anybody. You're like, no, no, you don't understand. I love them. They're the well, best thing in the world. And it's, I mean, it's intense and it's awesome. There are so few comics who really get to me that when I find them, I want to see everything they've done. And because I come from an academic background... I want to analyze it and dissect it and really take it apart and figure out how it works. Right. Because I only know how to do what I do. Right. But what they do is clearly so much better and more interesting. Now, Maria Bamford uh, mentioned once <laughs> that, and she mentioned it in passing, that people keep coming to her with ideas for TV shows in which she has to be mentally ill. And she doesn't want to play a mentally ill person on television. I think she's uh, given that up. She's willing to play a mentally ill person. Good Anybody to know. out there? Uh, she's looking for work. Good Go. to know. Um, but at the time... And I will play an airport cop. I could give a shit. At Go. the time, she was a little put off by the number of people who were saying, you know, you could be crazy. Um, United States of Maria. Um, and I... Uh, I came up with a really what I thought was a really cool idea for a show that would allow her to show off the characters that she does right without being mentally ill. My idea was she's a detective and by nature and by instinct whatever group of people she's with she transforms into one of them. Okay, that one was already pitched. It was, but it was, she was schizophrenic and it was like a monk like thing where she would, she would become the detective that needed to be done to solve the crime. That's interesting. Yeah. That wasn't was that, what I was, was doing. That was not your idea? No. Okay. I was doing, uh, my, my premise was, you know, if she needs to get answers from the kids who work at the grocery store, mm -hmm. then when she hangs out with them. Without thinking about it, she's putting her hair in a scrunchie, she's popping her gum, she's picking up their mannerisms, they all feel very comfortable with her. Right, right. When she's in the country club... Uh, she her, does that country club she does voice. The country, and, and it happens automatically and effortlessly, and as a result, everybody trusts her and reveals their, their stuff to her. Right, right. And she solves crimes, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. I thought was a very cool idea. Uh, but I think we all want Maria to solve crimes. It would be an excellent idea. Yeah. <laughs> Maria Bamford is any kind of detective Absolutely. Ever. For the love of God, Hollywood, get on it. So, but because I am a socially inept dork, <laughs> uh, I thought the right time to mention to her that I had something to pitch to her was at a party that she was throwing and where she was busy talking to other people. So mm. already I'm just, I'm stepping on my own tongue and being oh, because it's, it. um Well, because when you go to a Hollywood, Hollywood party, sometimes it's people... It's not right. Yeah. It was just, it was just inept of me. And then two nights later, maybe a week later, I went to see her performing in concert. And she had, I think, her cousin or someone was opening for her, who was a, a sort of a, a newer comic. But she was given this young woman, whoever she was, stage time. And... Uh, the young woman did a three or four minute piece about how uh, she was going to be in the most sexist crime drama ever made in which she's the perfect woman who just becomes whoever she needs to be to fit into the social circumstance. And I was just sitting there going, oh, crap. Oh, was that woman crap. at the party, do you think? I or? don't think so. No, I think uh, what I thought at the time was. Maria was really put off by my idea, had a conversation about it with this woman, and then went, well, I can't do it. It would be really obvious that I was just mocking his idea. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. I don't think that happened, but that's just because I don't think. Right. Yeah. Cause it may not have. but it, just, just because I don't think uh, she would have thought of it enough to do, not that you aren't that important or the idea wasn't that important, but I think that... Um, but, in and I, but I do think, oh, of course, you've got a committee meeting, a full-blown Everything Leia revolves around meeting. me, yeah. You were the son, and why wouldn't she have been thinking about, oh, I hated his idea. I'm going to tell this woman who's opening for me to do a bit about it. Well, no, I, I just figured they had a conversation about it. They'd sort of come up with this bit, and she'd go, well, I can't do it. Yeah, just yeah there's no way that she said, yeah. you should do a bit about yeah. uh, D Dylan Brody's yeah, idea that he pitched to me. Uh, for being a, yeah, that's not happening. But uh, you got uh, you got some self-esteem issues, my friend. I love you dearly. What is happening? 
happening? Why, why, um, why do you think that you're inept? You're fine. Oh, I come from, I come from, uh, uh, I, I come by it naturally. <laughs> I, I, I have inherited my mother's gift for the inappropriate is the problem. Okay. My mother was, this is just by way of example. Mm-hmm. She was the DGA trainee. DGA. Directors Guild of America. There we go. Trainee on the film Cotton Club by Francis Ford Coppola. Um Black people playing, uh, okay. playing jazz yes. or something, um, right? Yes. Early 80s? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, and in the course of this shoot, she found herself in the backseat of a stretch limo. Right. Traveling from one location to another. Okay. With the assistant director and Joey Cusimano, the uh, family member financier of the film. Okay. You're with me so far? Some sort of uh, connected person. Casino owner. With a giant bag of money. Yes. Okay. And she wanted to say, Joey, I've enjoyed your company. I, I like working with you. You seem like a very nice man. So what blurted out of her inappropriate mouth was, you don't really kill people, do you, Joey? Wow. Which put him in the awkward position of having to say, it's not like you read about Paula. Right. While, so she's told you this story? While the assistant director sat next to her trying to turn invisible and hope that they arrived alive at their next destination. Now, And was she fired by no, that assistant director? No. Okay. Now, the difference between her and me, which, let me say, is correct grammatically. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> is that she told that story for years afterwards. Mm-hmm. With pride, right, as an indication of how adorable she is and how she can get away with saying anything to anyone because right. she is so adorable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas, which I, is kind of the fact of it. Kind of. I mean, I think the thing is, is what she. I'm, before you say what, 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 the way you do it, what she did is she said, "I'm obviously not that great socially, but look how I wasn't killed." Right. When I said this stupid thing right. or this ill-chosen thing, shall we say. And, okay, so when you when you blurt something out inappropriate. I hear it coming out of my big, stupid, second-generation inappropriate mouth. Okay. And I'm aware as I'm hearing it that it is inappropriate and that I'm handling it badly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know that there is no way to walk it back from where I am. Okay. Without making it worse. Okay. And then for the next month or two when I shave, I think about it and I cut myself a little. Right. That's a joke right there at the end, right? Uh, Kinda. Okay. That moment when and, uh, it's, not, it's not like I cut myself like on my arm. Like, right, right, right. Hey, it's just that you moment just, when I winch. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm going oh. to cut my own throat. I'm it's so not, no, sorry. No, it's accidental. It's, uh, no, it's that, okay. it's that thing where I wince and it causes me to twitch and then there's the, yeah. Andy's dad. Once said to him when he was a when he was a young man. And Andy said, is uh, your husband, I believe. Yes, you met him earlier. Uh, I, did, I, yeah. I know Andy. Yes. Well, there you go. I just and, wanted uh, for the the audience. I was trying to fill in. It, it never oh, been established. they know. He's another oh, my character. God. Oh, they they got him. Oh, okay. And uh, do they know uh, who Tiberius is? They do. How is Tiberius? He is good. You'll get to see him okay, after. Good. And uh, so, but he, uh, Andy said that his dad said, you know, Andy, if you're ever thinking about saying something, take a look around and think to yourself. Does anyone give a shit? <laughs> and then, if you think they might, say it. And the funny thing is, is he actually does that, right? My father, those are not the words out of my father's mouth. My father's like, people will give a shit, whatever you think. <laughs> Just say it. Say it, and then either uh, if there was trouble, maybe you apologize. If there's trouble and you don't want to apologize, don't apologize. Keep going. Keep moving. And uh, But I think, yeah, because I think that you you worry about it. But, the, I mean, the good thing is, is you end up writing stories about it, and you end up writing comedy about it. Oh, I can, yeah. I mean, that's what you do is you're like, okay, well, I said this to that guy. Oops. And then I got a six-minute story out of it. Yes. Yes. You're like, yay, 1,200 words. And so. I, I can spin self-loathing into gold. Right, right. And how many albums do you have? Four. I have no, four albums. Four and, CDs and the newest out. one. The newest, Did that just come out? The newest one came out in February. It's called Chronological Disorder. 
I have... Uh, and it's on iTunes and Amazon as well as DylanBrody.com. That's correct. Excellent. Uh, you can not only can you get the whole hard copy CDs through Amazon, but you can order individual tracks oh, right, right. on iTunes. Yep. You can download. I prefer that people, because I do long rambling stories where the different tracks yep. call back to each other. Right, so it's a big story. I, to, yeah, and, there's and, frequently a, an overarching yeah. thing in my Is there CDs. a theme for each CD, or no. does the, does each CD, like if, if somebody had all four of them, you'd be like, oh, he mentioned that guy on the first CD, or he mentioned this type there of thing. There might be some of that. Certainly... Uh, my master, Master Lim, comes up right. in several different stories. I'm, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with your slavery. Uh, no, you are a... Um, I'm a, a Taekwondo a, master, a right, right. keto instructor, and a keto right. black belt. They're... Um, yeah, that's what we were gonna we were gonna talk about uh, swords, and I we were gonna talk about swords. I know, uh, but we're pushing an hour, so uh, <coughs> I told you, I, t- I told you it goes almost immediately, and uh, it's good times though. Um, uh, what what does happen is that there are some jokes that I keep writing and rewriting. Yeah. So there will be a different version of a joke. I don't duplicate material from okay. one to another, but there are different versions of jokes. Like there's a thing about my uh, father-in-law who's a Southern Baptist evangelical minister, and uh, th- there are some jokes about when we had a rehearsal dinner, uh, things that I did to torment him. Right. Uh, and originally, that's on one album. On one album, I talk about how I kept saying that I had always admired Jesus for his uh, immortality and his ability to turn into a bat when frightened. Ooh, nice! And he said, "No, you're thinking Yeah. And I said, "Okay," but there was something about drinking blood in there, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. And I watched mm-hmm. the vein in his head throbbing. Mm-hmm. And then I think on one of the later CDs, if not, it'll go on my next CD. Uh, I remember tormenting him by saying, uh, by, I kept asking him what Jesus' superpowers were. Right. And he said he fed the, the people on fishes loaves and loaves. And, fish, yep. and I said, really? Sandwich making? Mm-hmm. That's not a good superpower. And he said, well, it wasn't a superpower. It was a miracle. Really? Mm-hmm. Sandwich making? That's a pretty good superpower. I performed that miracle. It's a good one, right, though? Uh, it's when not, you're hungry? It's not terrible. Who wants a fish sandwich, though? It's not terrible, but mm-hmm. it's not, you know, you don't get a cape. Right. Um, so I don't think Jesus wanted a cape. He did have these, a robe Yeah. that he could have used. The, no capes. Um, I do. I also, uh, I feel that... Uh, so let, let's just tell the people that you don't necessarily hate Christians. I don't hate Christians. There we go. Although I don't... Uh, because your father-in-law is actually a very mean man. No, no, my father-in-law. Oh, no. My oh, no. Father-in-law, so you were the one that are tormenting completely un, without any sort of. I do, I do not hate Christians. I uh, I don't believe the same thing. I, I am, no, no. I'm an atheist. I'm so thoroughly an atheist that when people tell me they believe in God, I don't believe them. But he. <laughs> nice. uh, uh, I but I do enjoy right, tormenting you, him. He. So you torment him without any cause. Just because pretty he much, believes? Yeah. Uh, pretty okay. much, yeah. Because um, you are not the hero of that story. No, no, okay. no. Oh, no. <laughs> I am not the hero of any story I do not believe. He, um, at one point, this is how it all, this is how we really found our uh, uh, place. To, we, we get along very well, my, my father-in-law and I. Um, and the moment when that happened was when he randomly became competitive and said, you know, Dylan, you get to write an act and you do it for you know five years traveling the country. I have to write a new sermon every week. Oh. And I said, yes, but I don't get to open up the 2,000-year-old joke book and decide which sections to read. Oh, there you go. And he laughed and we became yes. friends. Okay, good. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a very sweet man. He just believes in things that... You know, I, See, the thing is, you, sh- you're, you buried the lead on that because the stories you were telling me, I was like, oh my God. We're, so was he... Because when you first told me, you said that he was... When, when you first met him, yes. he was all bossy magoo at you because you were not Christian. And that you were Jewish at the time. Well, he, well I'm, I'm still Jewish, but only culturally. You know, right, I'm not, right. Not, not yeah. religious at all. Yeah. I'm not, I, no, I'm not religious at all. He, he, he has never been bossy magoo at me. He sent his daughter a long letter instructing her not to marry me. Right. Because 
Oh, right, we are which, not. Which, which, is, which is, I think, a reason to go into a relationship with that gentleman slightly aggressively. Exactly right. Right. And, and you guys I have did. been married for a long time, right? I'm not married to my father-in-law. Uh, I'm going to say your wife. Right. Yes, I've been married to her now for it'll at be least eight, two, three years. Eighteen right? years. It'll 18 be eighteen years, years in August, and uh, we're going to give it another year. See how it goes. All right. Yeah. As long as you you got the that's what the anniversaries are for. Yeah. To see to renew the contract. That's correct. What do you think? Uh, do you want to keep going? I believe eighteen going. is the styrofoam anniversary. Is it linoleum? I I like the idea. Um. <laughs> uh. Uh, no, I do get along very well with my Good. father-in-law. Uh, I just disagree you, with him. Right, and you guys are competitive, and it, and that's how it manifests. Yes. Yes. Exactly right. Excellent. In him being wrong and me pointing <laughs> it out. Oh, I like it when it's a podcast. And I just get to he gets to be a straw man, and I can just make him say whatever I want. Ex- exactly. But my point was, yes. there are jokes that I will do on one CD, and then I think of a better. I, I like this. I'll do this, and then I do the same. I'll, I'll find this same circumstance and just a whole new bunch of things happened during it. Now. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Um, uh, so there's no material repeated, but there are occasionally concepts that are repeated. Uh, and then when I perform on the road frequently, it just becomes one longer story in which there's more conversation. So have you been doing more road stuff? A little bit. Cool. I'm just now struck. As you may or may not know, I used to be a road comic. I do. I do. I did know that. Uh, and I am just now really starting to figure out how what I'm doing now makes sense on the road. When I did Indianapolis, I figured out that if I start my set by saying, "I tell stories," right. this is not set up punch. I am not Stephen Wright. It's settle all going to work down. Out. This is just trust me. Then the audience is willing to go. Okay, he seems to know what he's doing and follow me on some. Right, because people paths. walk into a into a comedy club, they don't know what they're going to see anyway. Right, but they're. Pretty, it could be anything. But they're pretty sure they're going to see something that looks Funny. similar. No, no, to they're what hoping that it's. Central. They're hoping because that's what they think they're going to see. But when they go and they and like when people come in to see Maria, have I mentioned that I love her? Yes. Okay. But. People are sometimes confused at her type of comedy. Really? And they are, they do not know. They do not know what they are, because it is not what they expected. Does she, uh... She does not make an announcement in the beginning. Hello, I will be doing uh, four odd voices and uh, some interesting, deeply disturbing topics. I hope it all works out for you. Her... (laughs) Me, the mom, the monster, and me was one of the funniest pieces I've ever heard. Did she do that as a video? No, I saw, I don't know. I, th- I think she it's I think it's a YouTube uh, But it, I saw her do it, you know, live at something here in Los Angeles and I just remember wanting to be able to remember every moment of it, but knowing that I was losing pieces because I was doubled over weeping with laughter and pain. Oh yeah. You got to see it at least thirteen times a month, which is what I do, and it's awesome because then you could say it along with, and you're like, "Oh, you forgot to say that one word." I love that one word, and because um, I too am a fan, you know. Uh, I think that's been established. It's funny though because people are always like, "Will you tell Maria this?" And I'm like, "No, no, you can tell her. It'll all work out." And uh, <laughs> no, I'm not giving you her email address. Well, the thing is, I, I get a lot of um. Occasionally, I'll get requests um, for work for her. Ooh. I'm like, mm, that is so not going to happen. Yeah. I am not her manager. Yeah. She has a full team, it turns out. You And on her website, an attainable goal. You can reach any number of those people. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And rightly so, because she is one of those talents that should have a full team. Right. Uh, as I believe are you, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a one-man band, though. How about yourself? Do you have a team? Uh, sort of. I have a manager. Mm-hmm. And now I have these website designers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do have a team. I have a team dork forest. I got Patrick yeah. Brady and Mike Rickberg. You get and, credits at the beginning. And Vilmos. Yeah. yeah. And they all work with you and for you and to support your efforts. Mm-hmm. And what I'm finding... And I, them. We are together. And it's taken, it takes a long time to figure out that that's how the team happens. Mm-hmm. It's not about somebody giving you permission to have a career and then an entourage gathers behind you. Ah. Uh. It's about doing. I love a parade, though. The beat of the well, drums. Well, who, who really doesn't? <laughs> if yeah. you get to be the. 
Um, I, you know what? I, I am realizing I do not love a parade. You do not love a parade? I do not love a parade. I'm a bit of a parade dork. That's interesting. Uh, have you been to many parades? Yeah, it, in Schuylerville they used to have parades. Schuylerville, what's it? Schuylerville, New York. New York. Upstate New York. Yeah. Upstate New York uh, marching bands. One yeah, of my favorite are. things. I love a marching yeah. band. Not so much. No, I. There's that moment before you, the music is too loud when oh, all right. you get is the bass drum hitting your stomach. I boom, enjoy that. Boom, boom, boom. I enjoy oh, that. You like that. But then it gets too loud, uh, and it's a little overwhelming for me. I would enjoy a parade if it was entirely a parade of cats. Ah. I would enjoy that. Or dogs. I'm How a bit of you, a dog dork. You you enjoy your dog. Oh, uh, dogs. You have plural dogs now? I have, uh, uh, yeah, Sir Corwin, the beautiful dog-faced dog, Brindle Beast of Silmar, now has a younger brother, mm-hmm, Lord mm-hmm. Buckley, sweet lips, greatest of all pain, much the dinosaur slaying dog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, do you call him Bill and Jim? What do you call him? I call him Corwin and Buckley. There we go. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I had uh, Merle Marco on, and she, she has four dogs. And she uh, said that... Another lovely human. Oh, yeah. She... Was talking about how she, you know, dogs pass away before you do, and so you got to put your dogs down sometimes. And she's like, sometimes, and they die sometimes in twos, and then I'll only have two dogs. And I'm like, why don't I have any dogs? And I'm like, two dogs is a lot of dogs. And she goes, you know, four. Four is the right number of dogs. And I was like, really? Four dogs? I'm pretty sure two is right. Right. My brother has three, and uh, one of my brother, Phil. And uh, it's a lot of dogs. Well, it also depends on your living situation. Oh, if you have, a, like, a big yard? If you have a big yard and the dogs can run around, then all you have to do is occasionally go out and clean up after them. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. one thing. I live in a townhouse. Oh, there you go. So they have to be walked. Oh, yeah. And they're big dogs, so they have to be walked separately. Right. And I have to get them to the dog park. Right. They need to be able to stretch. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... If I had a big yard where they could run around, and or if I lived out in the country. Yeah, so people should go to your website. They should go to DylanBrody.com. Facebook and at Dylan Brody. The Facebook is Facebook.com slash The Dylan Brody. And then at Dylan Brody is your Twitter account. You have many orders, many albums. The newest one is called Chronological Disorder. And um, this is, I think, the third time you've been on the show. And I appreciate your time. I thank you so much for having me on. I hope you got what you need and that I'm not an ass. Uh, you've done whatever you can do. I don't know what to ever say to that. Uh, but a lot of comics say that. And I never know what to say to that. So, uh uh, you are I would be good, good if person? you said you were not an ass. I would okay. enjoy that. I, <laughs> you were not an ass. Um, Is that something? That was lovely. Was it, were you fishing? I, a little. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, the, uh, you are a funny, funny human. Sure. I thank you for having me on your podcast. You're welcome. I would love to have you on Dylan Brody's Thinking Aloud. It's a monthly event down at the Fake Gallery. Okay. And I failed to mention this earlier, but I should mention it now because I think it's right around the time this is going to go out. Uh, I am... The guest speaker and instructor at the No Indoor Voices Writing Workshop Intensive in New Orleans, Louisiana, on July 21st. Okay, so July 21st, there is uh, an event, and I will link it in the notes. Beautiful. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you, ma'am. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. (laughs) My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance, then it sounds like a Mexican hat dance. It's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?